Is it really Friday? I was just going to say the same thing. Can it be true? Did my wish come true? This was a heck of a heck of a hell of a hell of a week. Yeah, I again, it's not like I'm some young guy who doesn't know <laughs> the consequences of his actions. When you party on Tuesday and then are hungover on <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday and Friday are going to be rough for you. You're I'm still just telling digging you. yourself out of that hole, <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, for sure. Like, I, you know, I've, I've been up since 530. I've been working and here we are. And it shows, recording David, I'm not going to lie. Oh, oh no. I, I look and feel like hot garbage. <laughs> no, you don't. You're crazy. I don't know how you do it. Not, neither do I sometimes. Sometimes I'll need like 12 hours of sleep. Sometimes I need like four. And that, that's today. <laughs> I see a little bit of your cape showing up in this yeah. Zoom, but uh, it's a little hidden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Michelle, take us into our gift of the day, because this is a really good one. It's one of my favorites, in fact. I love that you said that. You always say that, but I felt like there was like, you meant it more so this time. And here goes. How will you be remembered? Is it just me, Michelle? Or is it more of a private thought for people? Because I just don't hear that many people openly discussing how they desire to be recalled after they're gone. I have to believe that it's a momentary thought. I don't think people ponder it, but it certainly has to enter the brain at some point. Like, ooh, do I want them to remember me like this? But I don't think it's like contemplated to the elevated level that you're talking about right now. I agree with you. I don't feel like there's a consistent consciousness. I think that you're right. I think when people really contemplate it, it's usually after... Passing. Yes. Right, right. Like a funeral, it's like, oh, that that person's funeral sucked. I Hopefully mine's better than that. And then they go about their business after they eat their little cucumber sandwiches at the reception. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and terrible coffee. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it is. It's. I think for most, it's fleeting, and I like that yours is conscious. Uh, to the degree of obsession, I, I, I think that I'm... I'm like, well, where is everybody? How come I'm way over here and nobody's over on my side of it? But it, it is important to me, and I don't believe that enough people take it seriously. It might be that most of us don't contemplate the, the finality of life, right? Or mm -hmm. that we think that we have no control over how we're going to be remembered, that people are just going to remember us how they remember us. Right. Or perhaps it's that people simply don't care what happens after they're gone. I hope that's not it. Oh, me too. I really do. I really do. Because then they, then they have no skin in the game, right? Right. They, they have exactly no skin right. in the game in life, right. right? But again, my question to everyone is, why be here if not to leave the planet better than you found it? Yeah. What better way to do that than to positively impact humanity to the degree that you will be legitimately missed and spoken fondly of for generations to come? Yeah, you won't just be like an opening day movie where it's a lot of hype the first day and then <gasps> really forgotten by the next. Right, or straight to video. <laughs> <laughs> Even worse. <laughs> or straight to cable. Right, or, or shelved. Made for, made for TV. <laughs> <laughs> or shelved. Oh my God, that's great. <laughs> well, and I think that that's a perfect segue into a very special and very personal story for a Friday. And I officially dedicate this episode to an old friend, not that she's old, but to a friend that I've had quite some time ago. And her name is Ronnie. What is up, Ronnie? So Ronnie and I met after I moved to California from Jersey 
Uh, we attended grammar school together. Uh, we lived right around the corner from one another. And we would often play together. I, I think that's kind of funny as an adult saying that we played together, but that's, <laughs> that's what we did. Now, Michelle, I know how much shit I talk about social media. Yes, you do. And I'm willing to take some of it back. <laughs> Emphasize some. Yes. <laughs> Very little, but there is, a, uh, there is a crack. There is a crack, and I'm seeing through the crack. And I'm humble enough to admit that I've maybe misjudged it just a little bit. Okay. And here's the reason why. A another old friend of ours, mine, collectively, between Ronnie and I, his name is Seth. We've talked about him, give him a shout out a few months back. Uh, he found us on Facebook because we started the Red Kite Movement Facebook page. I don't have a personal page or any personal social media presence, but somehow with these algorithms, he found me and looked me up and, and Facebook reunited us. And I then, after a conversation, he says, hey, I found another one of our friends and I'm going to reach out to her. And he reunited she and I, and that's where Ronnie comes in. And I, I have to say, I was a little nervous because while Ronnie and I were friends, at that stage in my life, I, I recall being kind of a dick. Okay, so you were a little worried about uh, the connection. What was your legacy with her? See, and that you use the right terminology. So I was worried about what my legacy was in her mind. And I thought, oh, God, this could be negative. And I wasn't really prepared to hear it. I was prepared to apologize and I was prepared to acknowledge it, but I wasn't really looking forward to hearing it. Those damn voices in our head. You know, and that's, that's another, another podcast for another yeah. time. That I wasted time and, and energy and emotion being worried about something that never came to fruition because I was super relieved that she had an opposite. And I mean, polar opposite recollection of who I was. Very good. You're starting to blush there. Yeah. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Let's just say she liked me oh. a lot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Polar opposite. Yep. So that, that was a that was a reveal early in, in the conversation. Uh, so I was I relieved. That. I was really relieved. Uh, but what struck me square in the heart was that despite all the time that had passed from my mother's death, I had an immediate urge to reach out to my mom and to let her know that yeah. I had heard from Ronnie because I know my mom would have been excited. And it's one of those split second moments where you reach for your phone and you're like, fuck. That's right. They're dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. It's just it's it's just a, a sinking feeling in your gut, and you just kind of wish you had one more minute, right? And that's again, it kind of goes into tomorrow's podcast as well. But I was jerked back into reality when I remembered that my mom was gone, and and while that urge was there, it was really because she and Ronnie were so very close. Okay. And my my mother again, I, and I've I've sung her praises for so long, but she really was a special person, and she treated Ronnie with incredible respect, more more so than other folks. And she championed her. While let's be completely blunt and honest, a lot of people were not nice to Ronnie. Period. Mm. And my mother saw that, and she made sure that Ronnie felt special. So I was dreading the unfortunate eventuality of Ronnie asking about my mother. And of course, because she was so close to my mother, it was with, literally within the next five lines of correspondence that she inquired about her and wanted to see how she was doing. And it, that was like a knife in my heart. Sure. And I had to explain that, you know, I was afraid that she would, she would ask. And as expected, uh, Ronnie was saddened by the news, but rebounded with a real 
cherished gift for me. She shared one of her most fond memories of my mother. My, and I, I had vague recollection, but of course, this is reinstated by this connection that I now have again with Ronnie. My mother was a Girl Scout leader, of course. <laughs> really? You say, of course. I don't picture your mom being that like compartmentalized. I see her as more of a free oh. spirit. Like <laughs> she, she, yeah, she would have, uh, I feel like your mom maybe would have been asked to leave like, cause she was too fun. You know, too much shit about my mom <laughs> to, I mean, you, you are crystal balling the living shit out of this. Without knowing what happened eventually, yeah, she was asked to leave. Okay. Now, see, that's more on, on course. Because she did weird stuff. Yeah. And boy, if the Girl Scouts knew the, the reality of what she had done, uh, <laughs> would have been some deeper consequences. But I'm not going to get into that right now. Maybe at a later podcast. But at any rate, you're, you're right. She, she was the leader for my sister's troop. My sister was two years younger than me. Ronnie was one year younger than me. So Ronnie couldn't be in the same troop. But she really, really wanted to be in the troop. So my mother recognized that desire and that became part of this magic for Ronnie. Being that my mother was so compassionate and creative, like you're saying, and underscore deviant, uh, she invited Ronnie to join the troop, but as her assistant leader. See, now that's just out of the box thinking right, right there. Exactly. Who does this? I right? mean... Yeah, that's that's terrific. So so this way, and, and, and it's, it just writes itself. But I, just to, to to put it out there and be specific, Ronnie not only got to participate low key, she got to also have an elevated position of power, which she really relished. Yeah, and it was a memory that I then vividly recalled, but wouldn't have without that stimulus. And I was overwhelmed with the warmth, and that warmth came from. A few sources. I, I was proud of my mother in that moment for leaving mm -hmm. such an incredible legacy. I was excited for Ronnie that she still carried that cherished memory. It was on the tip of her memory. Right. And right there in, deep in that treasure trove of memories that she had as a child, I was sad that more people didn't get to meet her. And I remain today jealous that she left the planet, much like her father did, with a lasting positive legacy, having touched so many people's lives, leaving an indelible mark for generations to come. And it just, it, it all felt like it was kismet and the universe mm -hmm. was coming together. And I, and I needed that. I needed that in the moment. I so, love that. That is such a, that's a cherished moment. Yep. And, and I'm about to break precedent. I, we very rarely mention first names, but I'm going to mention last names just so people know who these people are. And so when they listen to this, they'll be maybe a little bit giddy about it, maybe not pandering or anything, but maybe they'll remember me in a fond reflection and uh, maybe this could be part of my legacy. So on this day of bonding, I want to publicly thank Seth Kaufman and Ronnie Heitkamp and, of course, my mother for this magical moment of bonding for all four of us together one last time, one of us being in spirit, but the other three relishing in the fact that she was such an amazing person. And as you might guess, listeners and Michelle, my question to you all listening is, what do you get from today's story? Are you just kind of listening and, oh, that's a neat story? Or are you actively looking to leave a legacy? Or will you fade into obscurity as if you never were on the planet at all? Ouch. And if you're interested in leaving a legacy, Michelle and I are psyched on this Friday to help you fix that. Michelle, 
on my honor, I will try to, I don't know. I I can't remember it. I used to know the Girl Scout credo, but I don't anymore. (laughs) There goes the homework bell. Bail me out, Michelle. I want listeners to think about your legacy. What do you want your legacy to be? Um, You know, when I, after listening to this, after reading this, there, there's a great book and it's one of those little pocket size books, super thin. You could read it in a day and it's called The Go-Giver and it helps you realize the potential and strength in relationships that you innately have within yourself. So through this little book, personally, I learned that I love to bring people together and connect huh. them because they'll benefit from that relationship. I never knew I liked that. And I think it's cool to realize and state out loud, put a name to what your strengths are. So I love putting people together. Wow. I am going to go get that book. I didn't know that that existed. Yeah. And it's one of those corny type books like um, sure. Make Your Bed. Like it's one of those just easy reads. It's super uplifting. But if you get the message and you get the lesson, it kind of doesn't leave you. I like that. Yeah. And it's always in the back of your mind as a reminder of, oh, this is who I am. Let me let me accentuate who I am and capitalize on it. Yes. Let me elevate who yeah. I am. Awesome. And does it show weaknesses at all so that you can know what your blind spots are to work on them? So it's a, it follows this fictional character and he is the weak spot. So it's like oh. he is us learning nice. this lesson from others. Huh. So yeah, it, it shows it. Yeah, I'll pick that up and maybe we can add to it somehow. Ooh. Hey, hey. something to think about. <laughs> <laughs> While you're thinking about that book, get out there and fly that kite. Yako Key. <laughs>